Welcome back to the Adventures of a Disney Dad podcast. We've made it to episode 10. My name is Matt, and I'm a dad of three and the founder of AdventuresofADisneyDad.com and a travel agent with the Magic for Less Travel and your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Chip Robinson, as always, soon to be dad of five. That's going to be going away when we have the baby soon. Chip, how's everything going tonight? Going well. Advanced again in the playoffs. So we we, we play Lake this week, who's a Stark County rival. For in the next, if we win, we'll be playing for the regional final next week. So, big so week. That, that puts the Maslin Tigers three games away from the state championship. Four this week will be four. Will be four. So, 16 weeks, we're 12 and 0. Awesome. You love to see it. And we are joined tonight by special guests, Audie and Tim Lolly, travel agents with the Magic for Less Travel and grandparents of five. And they've joined us because this week we're going to be talking about all things multi-generational trips. So trips with grandparents, something that Chip and I both love to do. I think every trip I've been on since I've had kids has been a multi-generational trip. Audience and Tim, like I said, I have five grandkids. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on. How are you this evening? Yeah, we're doing well. Awesome. So by way of background, you guys are travel agents with the Magic Plus Travel and you kind of do this as a team. Is that right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've been we've been in the industry for 16 years, 16 years, and we've been doing it together the whole time. It started out as kind of our side hustle, turned into my full-time job, and Tim still does all of the marketing and most of the face-to-face meeting with the guests because he does really well with the, with the guests. Awesome. And so how did you guys get started into the the Disney world, the travel agent world? Well, we, Tim went as a child and I hadn't. And so we took our kids when we kind of, he had hit a kind of a career milestone and, and because his other hat he wears is a a CPA and he had kind of hit a career milestone. And, and so we wanted to celebrate by taking our kids to Disney. They were 10 and nine and five and we took his mom and dad with us so way back then we did our first trip was a multi-generational trip and we fell in love with it and so like many we became known as the you know the disney people in our in our little go-to group of friends and acquaintances and that turned into constantly helping people explore disney and then one day out of the blue, we got a call from a, a choir director for my niece's choir in South Texas. And she had signed them up, gotten the commitment money from the school. Everything was in place for their 78-piece choir to sing at Magical Music Days. But she had done no planning. And it was four weeks away. And she was told by many in my sister's group of friends that we were Disney people. And so we jumped in with both feet. We were not travel agents, but I had my previous career was as a children's pastor. And so I had experience, you know, putting together large groups that involved children. And so I knew that safety, I knew the parameters, I knew what we needed to do, and we knew Disney. And the next thing we know, you know, in about a seven-day period, we had planned a five-night trip to Disney World for 78 people. Um, 78 people. Yeah, yeah. That is jumping in. There is no doubt about it. 
Yes. And for all of those listening, don't do that. <laughs> no, the liability, all of those things. We were just helping my niece and my sister. And, but, you know, we didn't represent ourselves as travel agents. We just said, yeah, we can help. But that really opened the door for us to others who wanted to travel and said, y'all need to do this. And so we, we found a way in and haven't looked back. That's incredible. It's a fun story. And, and I guess, so have you, you've done Disney the entire time. I know from knowing you guys personally at the Magic for Less that you guys also do a host of other things. You guys love to cruise and I think you guys have been traveling like crazy lately. Is that right? We, if the, if the tax calendar is uh, favorable, we're we're gone. Spoken like the true CPA, Tim. Yeah. By way of background, I'm I'm a lawyer, so that's my other hat. Yeah, so I can appreciate I can appreciate that for sure. Where where was where'd you, where'd you guys go on your most recent trip? We did the Disney cruise from Hawaii to Australia, Gosh. and then we we tagged on this Ventures by Disney did a short escape in Sydney, which we also did. And then we, when we came back, we broke up the trip by flying back to Hawaii for a couple of days at Aulani before we came home. So it was a long, it was a long trip, but it was very, very, very relaxing. How long was the cruise? That's what I was. It was 14 nights. Okay. Well, wow. or 13, or it, it might've been 15. The whole interna- international yeah. dateline thing just. You went to bed on a Friday, <laughs> on a Friday and, and when we woke up, it was Sunday. So. You know, that was kind of a, you know, (laughs) that day just disappeared. It all came back when we flew home from Sydney. And we left Sydney at about uh, 10 or 11 o'clock on Halloween night and arrived in Hawaii at about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning of Halloween. So it was our longest Halloween ever. Yes. And we have Chip is is our resident cruise guy. I saw, I don't know if you guys saw in the news, there was a BBC video today on social media about a cruise ship that was having a trouble going through a storm. Oh, and I see stuff like that. And I just, I, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. Uh, uh, but the but water, chip, water chip cruise ship is an amazing thing. They, they can ride out most of the bad weather, but ours was basically smooth sailing. We had mm-hmm. one, uh, our last day getting into Sydney, we, we had some rough weather, but it was, we, we've definitely experienced worse. So yeah. no big deal. Awesome. Yeah. Chip, Chip's convincing me for sure. So, <laughs> Before we get into our main segment, I want to touch a little bit, as we do weekly on the news, the main news points of the week, and I'm not going to touch on the terrible cruise ship experience that the BBC posted, but jumping into the Disney and Universal news, first, cast member person-to-person pin trading is back after a three-year hiatus. For now, it is limited to Disney Springs. For those of you that are into pin trading, it's a welcome site, I'm sure, and also probably one of the last bits of COVID that we'll see go away. Disney has cracked down on third-party tour guides, in part due to alleged DAS Pass abuse. For those of you that are familiar, there's been a little bit of a crackdown on DAS Passes in general. Recently, I think for some segments of the Disney community, it's a welcome site that they're cracking down on these things, but... I think in general, the VIP tour guides through Disney are fantastic. They're well worth the money. They get you to the front of the lines, similar to Lightning Lanes and Genie Plus. They are more expensive than the third-party tour guides used to be, but they're official. And they also give you a lot of entertainment and backstory that you may not necessarily see from some of these third-party tour guides. So audience, I'm sure you guys are advocates of the VIP tours 
at Disney. They're fantastic. Have you guys done one? Yes, we've done. We've done a few of them. Yeah. And we've done the private tours as well as some of those specialized tours. And I'll tell you, my favorite part was getting in the van. So when they move you from park to park, they park a van in the cast only area and they walk you through a back door and there's this nice air conditioned van waiting for you. And you get in and they have a cold bottle of water and a cold towel. Oh man. It's the it's the little things sometimes, you know. Yeah, and just a frozen towel. That's all we need when it's I said, no. how hard is it gonna be to get these on the buses, y'all? But no, those, those, those are a great investment uh when you don't have or you don't want to spend all day walking all around the park. So you just hit the big ticket items. I mean, it does cost a little bit, but it is, it is a great investment. It is. I th and I think you will have what, 10 people or 12 people. So if you can split it up that way, that's not a bad idea yeah. either. No, it, it's, it's, it's really worth the, 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 the time and the, and the cost. The, it is. The biggest thing, uh, go ahead, Audie. Well, and I was going to say too, you know, pre COVID, there was also the ultimate day of thrills and the ultimate day of family adventure. And so there were, they were private tours and they were small groups. They were not as small as the private tour and it was a set itinerary, but it's also a great way to hit the highlights. And it's, it's, a, it's a smaller investment, but it's a good way to hit those. And it's a good way to hit those highlights and have fun with your family. So for sure. Yeah. And I think there's the number one thing is that any from everybody that I've ever talked to this done a VIP tour, I've never had anybody have a bad experience. Right. Which no. I think says a lot about that. And the other thing is that it's it's really the conversation that means the most in those experiences. It's not getting to skip the line to ride Space Mountain or, you know, get from one part to the other faster. All those things are great, but it's the history and the background that only these cast members that do this every day can give that I yeah. think makes it special. No, it, uh, it, nothing happens in Disney without a story. Um, there you go. There so you go. Give you the backstory of the Tower of Terror. They're going to give you the, you know, the history of you know the the roller coaster that you're going to go see, whether it's Space Mountain or Tron or whatever. So, yeah, it, it's it's more than just front of the line access, for sure. And they do it in a way that's not what you're going to read on Wikipedia or on any other website, which I think makes it special. Uh, last, and, and this is kind of near and dear to my heart, Universal Orlando announced the return of Mardi Gras for 2024. Um, it's going to be the dates are going to be February 3rd through April 7th. They have not announced bands for the concert series yet and or any of the other specifics of the event, but we do have dates. Chip, I know because you haven't been to Universal in a while, Audience in, do you guys like to go down for Mardi Gras? No, it's tax season. Tax season so. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I should have known. After April, after April 15th. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't happen for us. Sorry. So I, I will just I will just say the one of the first trips when I was actually an adult and away from my own family that I went back to Universal and to Disney. Um, we went during Mardi Gras and we got to go to Matchbox 20 was playing. Oh wow! And and I, I got to tell you, like the environment that they set up there for those concerts, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And in part because you know there's a roller coaster going behind the band, and it's it's very intimate. You know, it's standing room only, and you kind of get there early to get your best spot or whatever. You don't have a specific seat. Uh, very similar to the Hubgrass um, over there at Universal. And it, it is a really, really special time. So if you ever get a chance to catch a concert at Universal, they do it right. 
and it's a lot of fun. And, and to this day, my in-laws and my wife will tell you it's one of the best concerts we've probably ever been to just because it was such a cool experience. So I definitely recommend it for anybody that gets a chance to go. So now we're going to jump into the main content for this week's episode. We're going to be talking multi-generational trips and um, understanding the needs and, and really getting into some tips for families that are going in larger groups. So I, I guess just to get us started, the, the biggest thing that I think I hear most often is that, you know, the grandparents want to move a little bit slower sometimes, but the biggest complaint I hear is trying to find dining reservations for large groups and large multi-generational families. Audience him, when you guys have guests at the Magic for Less or even for yourselves and, you know, your five grandkids and two kids, uh, how do you handle dining reservations at Disney in particular? Well, you know... Disney kind of created this beast with the dining and it's, it's, you feel so pressured to get like the perfect dining. And so the first thing we've done each time we've gone with our kids and our grandkids, which has been many times to Mm -hmm. Disney world is to say, let's choose some priorities and then a backup and then a backup. And then, you know, nobody's terribly disappointed if the perfect plan doesn't come through. And then the other thing, especially those first trips we went with our kids and their kids was we had to tell ourselves they don't know what they don't know. And so if we didn't get Cinderella's Royal table, you know, our little princess would have never known. She didn't know what she was missing. We did. And while we, you know, wanted that perfect experience for her, we didn't go to Cinderella's Royal Table no. with, with Lily the first time. We went to Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, and she thought it was the best ever. She danced with Mary Poppins. She twirled all around. I mean, Mary Poppins took her by the hand and led her through the restaurant, and they twirled and danced and sang, and it was really sweet. And so the one thing we try to express to our guests from our own experience is take the pressure off yourself and just Uh know that one experience you have set in your head, no matter how many, how many people tell you it's all going to be blown unless you do this, it's really not. (laughs) And that it's okay. It's okay. And then just know that, you know, sometimes it's a little tricky. You have to do multiple dining reservations, but the good folks at Disney are so good. I mean, especially if you stand there at the podium with your adorable grandkids, you you know, (laughs) we're two reservations, but we're one family. And then you get the grandkids to go, please don't make me not sit with grandma. No, I'm just kidding. They are really, really good about combining um, families um, and at at the least putting you near to each other. And getting out early uh, at the opening of your window is key. Uh, if you if you try to go close in, you're not going to have much luck. And yeah, and Chip, we talked about that a little bit last week. Like if you not only getting at your window, but trying to focus at the beginning on the back end of your window when it hasn't opened up for some other people kind of helps with those bigger groups. But audience, do you guys start out trying to get the entire group and then seeing if you have to split it up into, like if you have seven, for example, you know, splitting it up into four and three after you can't get a seven. Yes. Yes. And we make sure always that we have a table that's at least big enough for us in the grants, because what parents wouldn't say no to having a table of their own and a nice restaurant. We try, we have always tried to do 
uh, when we have to split it, we'll say, okay, like our son's family has three, we'll say, okay, we need at least a table of five and a table of two. And we're always able to do it that way, but I don't. We've never had to. No, we've never had to. <laughs> much to their chagrin, we've never had to go without the parents at the table. But they do manage to find a way to sneak off and have a nice. I think that's a really great idea. And and just in case anybody's not aware, the idea there is, you know, you split up the two reservations, five and two or four and three, if you've got a group of seven, and you try and make them within like 15 or 20 minutes of each other. And then you go to the front desk podium and you kind of explain the situation like, hey, we're actually a party of seven. Is there any possibility of us sitting at the table together? And Disney is usually pretty fantastic about if they can't put you at the same table, they do keep you guys close and things like that. I, I've never heard of a really bad experience, but obviously they won't guarantee anything and we certainly won't either. Chip, you, you've got a big crew. Do you have any thoughts on kind of some of your strategies or tips? We like, we're buffet people just to just to simplify options i guess is probably one of our things and so we'll, we'll we'll normally do a buffet but if we want to get something we're going to go at the end um, like a homecoming or i don't know boathouse something like that we're going to try and get that at the end we have we've had the same luck we don't we don't split up i guess we're we, we were family six this last year we were going to be a family of nine this summer with my in-laws and my sister-in-law but stuff with them is going to back out so it's just going to be us as a family of well family of seven but so it'll be interesting. I guess we'll we'll see what we can get. But I I I have go tos that I don't have an issue getting us a table of seven. Like going over to Boma, um, I could probably go to Boma every night. Okay. <laughs> we love it. We love okay. it. You know, one thing to remember too is when you are like if you're a family of six and you can't find six, try to book a five because okay. there's no such thing as an odd numbered table. They're always going to have an even <laughs> number of chairs. And so yeah. if you're a party of four and you can only find a reservation for three, you're still going to have a table with four chairs. And they're not going to say, no, your fourth person can't come in. It, it has to do with the dining program. And it has a it, it, it actually counts heads in a restaurant, not tables. And so hmm. it has to do with the fire code and how, the, you know, how the matrix bends and everybody's in their black jackets <laughs> and all of that stuff. It's just, it's a little, it's a little weird, but because so sometimes like a family of six can find a reservation for five and book that five. It's okay. Yeah. You're going to get a table with six chairs. That, that's probably my biggest tip. And, and you stole it from me, Audie. I, and I love it. And, and the one, the reason why I, I love that one in particular is because technically you're supposed to include babies in your reservations. And they're, they're not ticketed, so some people get they can get really confused. Like, my baby doesn't have a ticket. Why would I include them in a dining reservation? But then when you get there and, and you make a dining reservation for five plus a baby, the baby has a high chair, really you can sneak in two in that scenario because the baby's <laughs> going at the end of the table. So as, as Audie said, like, if, if you've got – say you've got five, but, you know, only four are adults – if you can get a reservation for three, you're going to get that table of four and then you can put the baby at the end. Yeah. And, and it, it literally, it always works. And I, I hate to kind of tell people that because I've had a couple of times where the cast members looked at me like, you're adding two to this reservation, you know, when you get up to the front, but they're always really good about it, particularly with the babies and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, this works out. that. 
that just blew my mind because we have two that won't be counted. All right, so that I've got, I've got to figure it out now. Thank you. <laughs> I think the only time we've ever had like an issue is we we did a rodeo around a barbecue. We had to wait a little bit because we had to add two. To, and that's a really hard reservation to get. And we had to add two, the baby and my brother-in-law. And the seating there is a little bit different because they've got a large bench seating. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't necessarily work that same way where they've got the number of chairs, but they were still great about it. And they, you know, we waited 20 minutes or so and got a table and they they were fantastic as Disney, you know, always is usually. So jump jumping into, I think probably my favorite category. And I, I think where we probably want to spend a lot of our time tonight, how do you guys decide which resort you're going to use for a large multi-generational trip? And then getting down into the nitty gritty, I want to touch base on like, are you guys booking adjoining connecting rooms? Are you staying away from each other? How much time are you guys spending in rooms together? Are you getting a suite or a villa at Saratoga? I want to know all the things. So <laughs> Audie and Tim, like, I guess, break it down from just from the beginning. You've got a trip you want to go on with your grandkids. How do you guys go about figuring out where you're going to stay? Well, when we're doing the trips with the grand, the grands, we normally with the uh, grands and their family, or just the grands. Well, yeah, we've done it. We have this plan when we first had grandchildren uh, come into the mix that we would like to take each each grandchild uh, to Disney on their own when they were five. And when the first grandchild got to be five, uh, the parents of said grandchild said, "No, that's too young. You have to take all of us." And so they extorted us into taking that first grandbaby trip with their the siblings and and parents. And so we ended up moving our plan back. And when they turned ten, we could take the, just the grandchild by themselves. So I love the extortion. Yeah, I love it. we got our way. So I'm I'll talk about the ones we do when it's just. I mean, it's when it's just the grandchildren and us. We will let the 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 ten year old decide where they want to stay, you know, that we just get out the, the resort map and let them see, you know, the theme and, and the proximity to what park and all that, and, and let them decide they want to go to Saratoga Springs. They want to go to animal kingdom lodge. They want to stay at the Polynesian. That's art animation. We, I mean, we just show them everything and say, where do you want to stay? And full disclosure, we are DVC members, but we tell them all, we don't have to stay at a DVC resort. If you see one you want to do, we will do that. And they've, they've picked. And then when we had us and the kids, our, our kids and their kids, we used our DVC and stayed in a villa. Because I will tell you, and all the grandparents out there are going to shake their head and nod, when your <laughs> kids move out and and are out on their own and 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 it's a rare thing to have everybody under one roof. And so uh -huh. for me, I want my family under one roof. And I know it's a selfish thing. And our kids have said, well, you know, you we could do this or maybe we could do a couple of deluxe studios. And it's like, nope, you want to go? <laughs> this is where we're staying. But again, we let them pick. We let them so pick. so when you guys do the full family, grandkids and your kids. You guys stay in one room together, and you but you let you let your kids pick. Essentially, we let the grandkids pick. We we we, we <laughs> see that couldn't fly in my house. A little bit, but we we would end up in a Lion King suite when the Polynesian is an option, and that just would not fly with me. <laughs> but we do we do select the you know the the vacation villas 
offer the perfect alternative to to having everybody under one roof. You know, you get a a two bedroom villa, and that will you know accommodate our family group just fine. Everybody gets their own accommodations, and so but yet there's that one common area where we can all have breakfast together, or you know sit around and and talk about what we did when we get back from the park at, at night. So that's kind of how we've we've approached it in the past. I mean, so and it that, is important that, to, to go ahead, Chip. Go ahead. That's what that's what we're doing right now. So we're going in the summer. We're DVC members as well. And we're watching videos. Like we were on YouTube. Like we've been the last two nights. All right. So our options. And I texted Matt earlier yesterday. I said, all right, one bedroom, uh, Bay Lake Tower, or we can go two bedroom boardwalk and or two bedroom beach club. What are we talking? Like the kids are watching the videos. They're looking at the slides, looking at the pool. My wife's yeah. asking about dining. Yeah, so that, that's that's something we do. It's like that's like planning the Normandy invasion. Sometimes when you start <laughs> putting all the the myriad details together, and it, it you know who who are you going to give voice to? Whose opinion are you going to value the most when it comes to? Uh, I want to stay in the Epcot area. I want to stay at Magic Kingdom area. I want you know I want that great resort pool at uh, Yacht and Beach Club. I mean you know it, it's a little bit of a juggling act for sure. Oh, yeah. And one of our grants actually chose Disneyland instead of Disney World. And so we did his 10 year old trip at Disneyland and, and now everybody wants to go to Disneyland because that's all he can talk about. So um, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And, and I will, I just want to note too, the villas and the two bedrooms are not limited to, to DVC folks. They are a lot of times they're the DVC resorts, but people get confused that you can actually book those. I'm not DVC and we booked for a multi-generational trip. Our January trip is a two bedroom villa at Saratoga with my in-laws and it's going to be our first time staying in the same, same room. You know, obviously you have each have your own bedroom and like Tim yeah. said, you have the common area, which is I think going to be great. And I know my in-laws are really looking forward to it. I think for the, the parents are usually the ones that are always a little, you know, hesitant just because when you've got your kids, you know, the way that they can invade everybody's space and then, you know, it, it can get a little dicey. But we, we did a separate trip where we were at Kadani and my in-laws were at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Oh, nice. And, like, it was a great trip, as all Disney trips are. Well, you know, we're a very positive podcast. But being that far apart, especially for those two resorts, they're very far apart. It, it creates challenges a little bit. You know, getting people out the door can be problematic. And kind of letting the grandparents know when the kids are ready the, you know, the kids being ready when the grandparents are ready, like all those things can kind of cause a little chaos in the morning and, and in the evening. And it also causes chaos with dining reservations, you know, getting somewhere on time in the morning. <laughs> it, it can be uh, a little problematic. So having everybody in the same roof has a lot of a lot of benefits, I think, in that regard. It does. And, and, you know, with we've had a lot of multi-generational guests. As a matter of fact, we we've been home since Friday and I've been in touch with two different families that we know here locally and it's grandparents wanting to take littles and their kids to Disney world for the first time at Christmas. And you know, the first thing I say is, Oh, this year at Christmas. Okay. And then the second thing I say is how do you see the accommodations working? And there's always that idea that, I can just request connecting rooms. And you have to explain to people that 
you know, we can request it. We can't guarantee it. Disney just doesn't guarantee it. They do their best to honor a request and they'll put you as near to each other as possible, but there's not a way to guarantee you're under, uh, you know, you have connecting rooms. And for some people, that's a deal breaker. And for some people, it's like, no, no, it's okay. I mean, it's okay for us to have our separate spaces. So there's lots of alternatives. And that's the best part of Disney is there's something that'll fit almost every budget. And it does make traveling with your family a, a little less complicated because so much of the logistics are thought through. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to think, how am I going to get 11 people to the park? You all get on a bus right. or a monorail or a boat or however you're getting or a skyliner. skyliner. And, and so there's so much of the logistical things that can give you pause that's already thought through by Disney when you go to Disney with your with your family this past January, January, mm -hmm. our daughter turned 40 and she said, you know, we kept asking her, what do you want for your birthday? It's a big it's a big birthday. Do you want a party? What are we going to do? You know, us moms, we never stop celebrating our kids. And and she said, I want to go to Disney World with just you and dad. And we went. Oh, that's awesome. Listen to you. We said what? that's awesome. <laughs> we I think that's fun. And, and that's what she said. She said, mom, we've gone with the whole family. She's the oldest. And she said, you know, and after I left to college, you went with Mike, our son, without me. And I've never gotten a trip with just y'all. It was like, seriously, you're still holding on to that. Audie, let me, let me tell you this. And this is, this is the highest compliment that you can get. In, in my opinion, they say that a sign of a, of a good parent and having a good childhood is if you still want to hang out with your parents when you're older. And so to me, you know, it doesn't, that, that literally can't be a higher compliment is if your 40 year old daughter wants to hang out with you, that means you've done, you know, you've done something right. You're pretty cool to hang out with. And I, I say that to my, I, I, well, that I'm sure that helps too. She just, got, she just got her trip paid for. Uh, she, she just, <laughs> she just extorted you again. Yep. Well, we took uh, her and, but it was funny because we had set this kind of routine by taking, you know, the five-year-olds when they turn five and the 10-year-olds when they turn 10. And she was like, I want to pick my resort. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. We're doing like the old grandkids. Okay. But we had a blast. And we have really enjoyed allowing them, the grandkids and our daughter to have ownership in like the planning part of it. Like you said, y'all were watching videos and stuff. I mean, we let them, you know, this old school grandma had park maps that, you know, paper ones <laughs> um, that we folded out and, you know, they picked the rides they wanted to do. And way in advance, we start, but we have one more 10 year old trip and her booking day is actually the Monday before Thanksgiving. So we'll be booking our last 10 year old trip. But I'll tell you, we've already started to hear from the, you know, now that grandkids are 14, 13, 12, you know, hey, uh, Mo and Git, what, what about an 18 year old trip? <laughs> Adventure by Disney. Yes. Uh, They're extorting you the right way. I'm like, uh, I guess I'm not retiring anytime soon. Back to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of cur curious, kind of going on the next thing is how do you guys go to parks? Do you guys go to the same park? Do you go to different parks? How, do, how does that work? What, what you're kind of, and it's just typical or what's your advice, I guess, more for people? Um, you know, 
we tell people all the time going to someplace like Walt Disney World is there's so much to do for everyone. So don't feel like you have to march around because it's it's just as much fun to branch off. And like for us, we would take the littles and do like the rides that they want. I mean, ride Barnstormer like 12 times in a row while mom and dad are off running and doing, you know, Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain and, you know, doing the mountain range at Magic Kingdom. And, you know, and then we're on the carousel and and things like that. And, you know, you plan where you meet for the meals and you get to unpack it all. But you spend the bulk of your day together. But you can also because that's the joy for us as grandparents is experiencing the park through their eyes. And as you guys know, as young parents, it's fun to get away from your kids. <laughs> well, and with staying on a Disney resort property, uh, you know, when it gets to be two o'clock in the afternoon and the meltdowns are starting, you know, grandma and grandpa can take the little ones back to the resort pool and, you know, the, the kids' parents can stay and play uh, in the parks and we'll take the kids back and let them get a nap and get a swim. And then we'll just meet back up with everybody in the evening. So it, it you know, it, it's kind of the best yeah. of both worlds. Yeah. And, and where our adult children wanted to close down the parks and the littles just couldn't, well, when they were five, they couldn't, you know, do the close down the parks every night. We we're happy to take them back to the yeah. resort and let them go night and, or watch the fireworks from the window in the Bay Lake towers. And, and you know, while mom and dad are, you know, still out having a fun time. It makes it a great vacation for everybody. Again, when you take the pressure off yourself to do spend every second together, then it just makes it a lot of fun. And we've traveled with friends. And when our kids were younger, we've traveled with multiple families. And then I tell you, the hardest part about walking around in a large group is synchronizing bladders. You know, it seems like you spend half of your day waiting for somebody to come out of a bathroom. And so it's like, so if you just are able to relax, do your own thing, again, it's all of those, you don't have to micromanage all the details because it works itself out. And, and, and to answer your question, yeah, we, we, we typically spend, we will all head to the same park for at least the, the morning. And so, and then we'll, everybody will kind of do their own thing and, and maybe we'll meet up for, we usually will do a, a sit down late lunch <laughs> or an early dinner where we can all come back together and, and, and swap stories and, and hang out. But we don't have to be in lockstep, you know, every moment of the day. Cause that, that's when, the, that's when the, the problems typically tend to arise. <laughs> so we've been doing this long enough. Our oldest grandchild is 14. And so we've been doing this long enough that we've been going with them when fast passes were a thing and now there's genie plus and you know fast pass when you've got a large group you need to have a runner in your family you know what i mean so you hand everybody you know you hand one person all those tickets and then you go run to the kiosk and go get this you know and they're standing there with their 11 you know he's putting them into the machine and getting all the That's fast it. passes out but with genie plus and while I know there's pros and cons to both of it, and that's not what we're debating, but with Genie Plus, it makes it easier because you can do those things from your phone. And like, if there is really something that one of the grands wanted to do, we made sure that that was a priority for them. Well, because we used to think that, you know, this would be like their one big trip, but that was out the window after they were five. <laughs> but so it's made it, I feel like traveling with them and using Genie Plus 
plus as our way to see get to those must-do rides has made that part of it. We did Disneyland this July with our daughter and her family. And I we couldn't have done it without Jeannie because we only had two days and we couldn't have done it without Jeannie Plus. There was just no way to see all that they wanted to see without that. And and to that end, only because it came up for me with a guest today that's doing a multi-generational, like first time Disney World trip, you really have to think through who's going to be your app person or who's going to be the Genie Plus guy. Yeah. And and it's 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 really important when you've got the grandparents involved. And this is not a knock on grandparents that, you know, have trouble with the phones or whatever. But that's just the reality of the situation is that sometimes the grandparents may not be the best with the technology. They're not the ones that want us. They, they don't want to spend the time on the phone. Frankly, they yeah. want to spend the time with the grandkids. Yeah. But you really have to think that through. You know, I've got a client right now that grandma is the is the planner and the point of contact and she loves it but like you know was really struggling to sign up for my disney experience to before even downloading the app just creating her account and so you've really got to think through like i'm i'm happy to teach you that's what we do and that's that's kind of the joy that we get out of this but make sure you're thinking through who's going to be that person because it gets even worse if you've got like eight different people trying to do it all at the same time and you know, all that stuff can become a nightmare. So if one person really takes the rowing oar and says, I'm going to be the one that's going to handle it this day or and get up at 7 a.m. and start booking it or, you know, then Uncle Tim is going to do it the next day or whatever, you can split it up throughout your vacation. But as long as it's somebody knows what they're doing and does the research in advance and really learns how to do it, because it's not, it's not easy even for, you know, people that are tech savvy, I'll say, because tech savvy knows no age. Um, <laughs> but but that's really important. And, and the one thing I want to touch on too, I think audience and you really illustrated it really well, is the idea of slowing down. And anybody that's listened to our last nine episodes, Chip hammers me because I'm terrible at this. My wife knows I'm terrible at this. Like to me, every Disney trip is like, this could possibly be my last trip. So I want to do everything all the time and try and maximize every little thing. And the, that's especially the case for people that are going for the first time with their grandkids. You know, you, you want to push, sometimes you're pushing your health or your legs to the limit mm. and you need to rest. So I think thinking through all those things and slowing down, splitting up and going back to the resort, all those things that audience and Tim kind of illustrated that they do are things that anybody can take away and, and learn from and, and have a better vacation for sure. Um, we try to build that into basically every trip, whether it's multi-generational or not, is to recommend that you take, you know, a day to to not do the parks, you know, go to Disney Springs, go to go to one of the miniature golf attractions, go, you know, just take take a day at the pool or go to the water parks. I mean, there's, get on the monorail and go look at yeah, all the resources. Ride the Skyline. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you don't have to you don't have to be going pushing the, through the turnstiles every day um i mean especially when you've got little ones and old ones in the same group i mean you, you need to give everybody a chance to be able to fully enjoy the experience and and that may mean that maybe just mom the younger ones are uh young adults are doing the the rope drop or the closing fireworks every night and everyone else is doing uh something a little bit more mundane but you know if, you, if you're willing to be flexible uh you can have a really excellent time at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. 
our very first trip that we went on as a family of, of four, we took his mom and dad and his dad was a new up with the sun kind of guy. It's six o'clock. Six o'clock. Let's go. Started looking around, seeing who's knocking. It was like, like and I would say, Tim, your dad, your do dad, do something with your father. Do something with your dad. And so after, literally after the first day, we would bring our little five-year-old son home from the park. We we stayed at uh, Caribbean Beach, and we carry him from the bus into the resort. He would be sound asleep. We would bathe him while he slept. And we would put him in the clothes that he was going to wear the next day. And then we would put him to bed because we knew Mr. Lolly was going to be knocking on our door at 6 a.m. And we carry that poor baby back to sleep, you know, to the park, put him in a stroller for about a good two hours. And then he would wake up and he was good to go. But we realized <laughs> that we just wore him out and we could not convince Tim's dad that we had to slow down. I mean, I remember going our second time to Disney World and going into the American Pavilion and going, oh my gosh, I love this show, that song. I, I feel so proud to be an American. And he went, we did this last time. Oh no, I napped. Air conditioned and dark. I, I know, I was exhausted. And so that's not, you know, that's not good to have that kind of experience. And, and yeah, we are napping dads on this show at Disney. <laughs> Chip is admitted to Country Bears, and I I fell asleep on our last trip in the Frozen show. So we 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 are team napping dads. That happens occasionally, for sure. Yeah. But I'm I'm a, I'm an early riser as well. But that might be being a teacher and getting up every day. But I'm also a take a break in the afternoon. So. There's there's that balance now. Matt sleeps in. I mean, he's got that 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 lawyer lifestyle. Show up late, you know. Yeah, um, right. So, but yeah, I I love every aspect of just slowing down. I've never ridden Seven Dwarfs. Oh, wow. I've never ridden. I've never ridden. I don't wait. I don't wait. Want to wait in line for it? I just have no. Right. I don't need to. Ride, I'm not going to sit there and wait. I'll go do something else and go back to the pool. One one day I'll get on it. Yeah, some rides are just as much fun to watch, right? There you <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the important thing is to know your family. It's just to know your family. If you've got the ones that want to get up with the sun and go, 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 then it's okay to say, well, we'll meet you there at the crack of noon. After dinner jamboree at 1030. Yes, See you there. Yeah. And then and because all of that's okay, because what that creates is an opportunity to have really good quality time together because you're you're there's always going to be a sweet spot where everybody is you know in that same energy space you know whether you're the late riser or the early riser or the early to bed or the late to bed there's still going to be a time of the day that's good for everybody and everybody will be on the same page and so you know embrace that and and give everybody you know Space and grace to be them. <laughs> I like that. Space um, and grace. So, and we learned that, you know, the hard way from our first trip because, you know, we got up at 6 a.m. with my father-in-law. and but the, but That's he the had, last time we took him. He was not. But I will tell you, the next time we took him, he was much older and he didn't wake up at 6 a.m. So, yeah, we've actually had a couple of trips where it was our parents, us, our kids, and grandkids. Also oh, great that that's 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 incredible. Yeah, that's so much fun. Oh, amazing! Were there any unique challenges associated with that? Other than the slower pace, but 
for us, our particular families, each time we had toddlers. And so toddlers and elderly, they kind of go on the same schedule. <laughs> so wheelchairs and yeah, uh, so it works. Wheelchairs and strollers. Fine. Um, yes. But, and so that was kind of nice, but again, it was just, we kind of, instead of dinner being that time where we all were kind of in that same good space, it was lunch. And, you know, the greats volunteered to go lay down, take naps with the grands. And so it was, <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. We wouldn't trade those trips for anything because they were, it was so much fun for us to be able to watch our parents having fun with our kids and mm -hmm. their kids. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's that whole thing about, you know, being in, under the same roof, you know, you, it makes it just a little bit easier to coordinate the varying foot speeds of, of your travel party when you're all, you know, have proximity, at least you, you gather all the, all the chicks in one, one nest and, before you head out in the day. And that that's helpful when you've got such varying ages involved. Yeah. Yeah. We, and, and I tell you now for the two of us, we, we have my mom and my stepmom still with us and we've lost all of our other parents. And so those photographs that we have, you know, we always do memory maker. We do the cruise line when we travel with our kids, we always do the pictures and those those are some of our most fond souvenirs. And, and that's what we tell our guests all the time. Your best spent money is going to be the memory maker. Because when the t-shirts are in the garage sale and the plastic toys you brought home are in the trash can, you're going to have those pictures. 20 years from now, when your kids are no longer under your roof, and yet they're still walking by that refrigerator and they see that picture of them and their grandparents and their parents and their kids, you know, that picture is still on the refrigerator and, and they stop and say, that's, that was such a fun trip. You know, that those things are the ones that are going to be that, the treasure chest memories that you keep with you for forever. Yeah, it's such a, such a beautiful segue there to uh, the last part of our topic, which is, <laughs> but you know, what, like, I love it. She, yes, she, she definitely yeah. touched on it. And, um, memory maker is absolutely a no-brainer for larger groups. It, it's it's such a it's such a steal. And the biggest thing is getting everybody to use it. Yes. You know, and reminding people like <laughs> even if there's a short line with the the folks in the green vests, the photo pass photographers, wait in the line and take the pictures. Take the pictures as often as you can, and and also do it without just the whole group. Like yep. if Grandpa is with the kids. You know, grandpa, stop and grab some pictures. I, I do that with my kids all the time. Like I'll be taking one to the bathroom, you know, right before you get the Tower of Terror. There's those bathrooms there yeah. on the right. And there's all lining that that street there in front of Tower of Terror. There's photo pass photographers. Every time I take my kids by myself to the bathroom, I get a picture with just just me and the kid. <laughs> and because it's it's just a good moment to, you know, an opportunity to get a photograph. And they're professionals. They do a fantastic job. Sometimes they have the opportunities to do the magic photos with for the kids, just the kids alone. And it's like Audie said, you'll you'll never regret taking the pictures. You might regret the bubble wand, but you'll never <laughs> yes. you'll never regret the photos. And what you're gonna love is I promise you, Matt, 10 years from now, when you're looking at you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers, you're gonna see that age progression in those pictures because you've made it a routine that you stop and take those pictures. And I can guarantee you. 
when your kids are old enough to take themselves to the bathroom, they're going to stop and take pictures. And then you're going to look in your phone and go, what? It, they took a picture. I, I specifically try with each of my kids, every time I go with them, I try to take the same picture in front of Tower of Terror for that exact reason. Just It's just a fun progression. It's something that I you yeah. know do in particular with my kids. And, and I think, you know, the biggest thing too is just encouraging like the different levels of the family to take pictures. It doesn't have to be the entire group, although that's fun too. But like sometimes you just need the, the grandparents with the kids or whatever. And and to that end, there, there's some other things that I'll mention that are available. Group photo sessions. Audience, have you guys ever done one of the private group photo sessions? We have not. Um, but this okay. past summer, we had a multi-generational family that went, the parents were celebrating their their 30th wedding, a big wedding anniversary, 25th, 30th, probably 30th, because they had their adult kids and all of their grands and they did it and they did it in the morning at Magic Kingdom. And oh my word, their pictures were just stunning, absolutely <laughs> stunning. And, and they didn't wear matching t-shirts, but they color coordinated by family. And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised Disney's not using their photos because they, they were just beautiful. They were just beautiful. It, it's it's another thing that like you never hear somebody complain about it afterwards. Right. Like right. It, it's always money well spent. And if you can manage it, it's it's during when the I think it's during when the park is open, but it's that the photographer, you know, kind of moves you around pretty quickly mm -hmm. to known spots where there's not as big of crowds and <laughs> they do a really great job. And the other thing that I'll mention is, as we talked about at the beginning, the VIP tours are fantastic for larger groups because they become more affordable per person and they're really a fun experience. But I, I because we're running long, I want to try and jump us into a few of the listener questions that we got this week. And then I, I can't leave you without doing the overrated or underrated series. So <laughs> I apologize if I missed your listener question because I'm going to abbreviate it just because we're running out of time a little bit here. But and, and some of the stuff we touched on, like but one, one question we got from Christy was how can we handle different sleep schedules, especially with early risers and night owls in the group? I, I think audience Tim really gave a great example of how to do that and kind of making sure you stay slow with those things. But what, one that I'm really interested to hear, are, are, are there any specific shows or rides or dining, any of those three that you think lend, lend themselves well to larger groups of people? Or do you find yourself saying like, we all want to go to this restaurant or to this show or this ride, all of us together as a family. You know, there's anything so that like everybody gravitates to, you know what I mean? Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. There's some of those restaurants that are easier for large groups like beer garden. And they're one mm -hmm. that you can get a large group and the food is amazing. And they do have that entertainment there. And we've been surprised that our kids have really enjoyed going there. So that was one that kind of surprised us. And it's, and it's one that we do all the time when we have the grands, the, our kids and their kids with us. And then ride, you know, it just depends if that's cut. Cause that's kind of one of those ones that is, it, it's specific to each of the kids. Like they each have their own super favorite, but truly for them recently, because of the five-year-olds and the 10-year-old trips were kind of getting a little close together has been galaxy's edge and they've it's been more the experience of building the lightsaber and the droid and things like that i mean he's built a lot of lightsabers i've gone through a lot of ceremonies <laughs> yeah. Tim, i've got i've got two lightsabers on my wall you guys can't see them because they're behind my computer screen but yeah. oh, i feel that there you go 
Only CPA I know that has a lightsaber in his office. You just never know. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know. just go out. I do have a big flashlight now. So, Chip, Chip, are there any in particular that stick out to you when you've got kind of your larger family going? I have. I had one requirement for when we went with my dad, and it's well, same thing for my in-laws, is we're going to watch Happily Ever After together. Oh. That's... I just remember going with my dad in 18 and he, they stayed somewhere else. My step stepsister was at, was at Disney at the same time. So they're splitting time. And I said, Hey, I just need you at magic kingdom at eight 45. We're going to line up and watch, watch the show. And he like, gra- like I'm holding my, my daughter at the time. And he like grabs me and he's crying. And he's like, I don't know what it is. It's just fireworks. He said, but it's being here with you and your kids. And it's just, cause he, he was, <laughs> Long story short, my grandpa walked the land with Walt Disney at one point. So it's it's one of those things that he's like, Your grandfather was here. Now I'm here with you. So it's one of those, it's one of those things. So that's a lot of fun. And and it's not necessarily a hack because it costs money, but if you've got a large group like that, definitely consider the dessert parties. We we try to do that once a trip. Sometimes it's you know it's just too expensive, but it is well worth it when you've got a large group because it's so hard to get a good spot for the fireworks and it guarantees you the spot on the hub grass and you don't have to fight through the crowds and you can really, really enjoy that moment with your family that Chip is talking about there. I I think it's really important. Like I'll never forget the first time I had my kids and my in-laws and everybody there. and, And it just makes it so much easier to deal with, particularly when you've got little kids you know, dealing with that fireworks time period when everybody's starting to get crabby and stuff. But for me, the the one ride that always sticks out in particular is Tower of Terror. And and it's because it's because it's got like a, a nostalgia for their, every generation. Like, you know, the grandparents remember taking the kids to Tower of Terror and doing it a dozen times in a day, you know, when they were kids. And so then having the grandkids there to do it their first time. And we you know, I shared this story a little bit with Chip that we just had my five-year-old just rode Tower of Terror for the first time. Wow. And for my wife's family, Tower of Terror is like the stories that they tell of going to Disney when they were kids. They would go down for soccer tournaments and they would just go to Hollywood Studios to ride Tower of Terror over and over and over again. <laughs> so to me, when when my daughter's getting to ride Tower of Terror for the first time, like I would love to, but we've got two other kids, right? So we plan to do the rider swap, which is another great tip for, you know, these multi-generational situations. I stayed with the two youngest that couldn't do it. And it was a special moment for my wife's family. Her brother was there, her mom and dad, and my daughter, her first time on Tower of Terror. The problem where that story goes wrong is that my daughter wouldn't ride it again. So <laughs> so when the time when the time came to swap. It was it was not gonna happen, and that. So I still haven't ridden it with her yet. I know that I'll get to, but you know that it's just you know that's a ride in particular that's been there for so long, and it's so fun, and has so much meaning to so many different people that I think it's one. And and you all get to ride it together, right? Like so, you get the the family photo with Memory Maker and and those things. So that one's special to me, and the and the one that I'll mention that. I think just for us, when we've done multi-generational trips, um, Disney Springs is one thing to think through a little bit more with your crowd or your family before you go there. Just because, you know, you can have a granddad that hates to shop and a, you know, an aunt that loves to shop and it can, it can, there's something there for everybody. Absolutely. 
but try and make sure you think through kind of what you're doing there and what restaurants you're going to and stuff like that. Cause it, it can be a blast for grandpa to take, you know, the youngest to the Lego store, but it can get, it can get kind of crazy quickly too. So that's something to think yeah. about when you're planning. Definitely. So our last listener question from Erica is how do you manage transportation within the parks and from the airport to the parks, especially if you've got family members that can't handle walking a lot? What do you do for your transportation? So audience Tim, I guess, you know, to break that question down, how do you guys typically handle with a large group getting from the airport to the resort? And then once you're in the bubble, I think, you know, you handle Disney transportation, but what, what are your thoughts on the airport? Transportation? I got a precursor to it. Where are you flying from with all of your, all, all, all the generations, where are they flying from? And do you guys get around the same time? That's kind of my, so we, we all live in Texas, but there was a spell where our daughter and her, her husband and, and our granddaughter lived in DC. So we would always plan we always try to arrive around the same time. And when you're coming from the same state, that's not so hard. But so just know that we always tell each other, you, you know, we can wait up to an hour for each other because it makes getting from the airport to the resort a little easier. And we always do private transfers. And we do the private transfers because I have control over the time. And I know that sounds like a control freak <laughs> and it's not, it's that I am able to have a little more say in, you know, like I need car seats. I need a car that seats this many, this is how much luggage we're bringing. And we have a relationship with a really great um, private transfer company in Orlando. And I've been using Shout them out. Who do you, who do you typically use? Orlando Sedan Express. And we have been okay. using them for years and years and years. It is a small business, a small business owner. Shawan Mustafa is his name. He has been in this industry for forever. He has ridden the ups and downs. His drivers are very professional and he can accommodate a party of, I mean, we've done Mercedes Sprinter vans. We've done limos. We've done SUVs. He has, there was one trip where our daughter, we went on a girl's trip and our granddaughter, my granddaughter was seven. She ran the the kids race and then we ran some of the run Disney races, but she had to go. My daughter and her, my granddaughter had to go home early. He even drove off with my little grand screaming out the window, please don't make me go. And he was <laughs> such a trooper. And so we have used Shawan for a really long time. A little harder if you use the mirrors transfers, if you're a large group, um, because the truth is you make it it up. Um, I mean, a bus can hold so many. It's got it's got weights associated to it, and so if you got little kids, you know that can be frustrating. You're also not going directly to your resort. I, I'm a huge advocate of the private transportation. It's not, especially when you talk about larger groups. A sprinter van, it's more. It's not that more expensive. Yeah, like yeah. It, and sometimes it is a wash. Um, yeah. When you get to be about five guests traveling, private transfers are this about the same as what you would pay with mirrors transfers. It might be six or seven now that they've got a, a different pricing. But anyway, and the one, the, the other thing I would say to, to your listeners is if you are comfortable with ride chairs and that's the way you get around, our one experience that has happened to us more than once in all of our travels is be sure you order a car big enough for luggage because we've been turned away. <laughs> I mean, we've been turned away. I mean, we've had, they're, they're pulling up to the airport. 
And yet they look at us like, oh, you have luggage? So I mean, we have literally been told, I can't, I can't put all that in my car. And yes, we are overpackers. So just, just know if that's going to be your choice, which is a very popular choice. And again, grace and space, everybody figure out what works for you, for your families and work your plan. But just know that there's some things that just don't go as smoothly like if you're a business traveler and you've gone to a business conference and you've got one bag and you do an Uber, it's no big deal. You've got a family of seven and you call for an Uber. Well, the car might fit seven, but seven family members are going to have a lot of luggage. So just yeah. always think through those things. And I, I think that's the beauty of why, um, for me in particular, I love going to Walt Disney World is that like you don't have to bring the car seats. You know, the stroller can be a pain and you want to make sure you bring a stroller, but sometimes you don't even have to bring a stroller. Like we typically, we only bring the pop-up stroller so that we can use it at the airport and then we rent a stroller. So we don't have to lug that to the airport. So when you talk about having three kids with no car seats, no stroller, it makes the bags a lot more manageable. And then the private transportation, like a lot of times you mentioned Orlando Sedan Express, which is something that I'll link in the show notes for anybody that's interested. And obviously if you use a travel agent, Audi or Tim or myself will help you book all those things. And then I, I use happy limo. I've used them for a long time and have had nothing but great experience with them too. And, you know, they come inside and help you get the bags off the car and take you, you know, there's a private, uh, I'll call it an alley, but it's kind of underground where they can take you and you get straight into their car and you don't have to deal with, you know, the Uber and going out into the street yep. and all that stuff. It's a lot safer for kids. It's a lot easier. I think there's a lot yeah. of benefits there. You get the, the, you know, the thing that we preach to people is that, you know, Shawan's going to give us, you, you're going to know who your driver is. You're going to have a, mm -hmm. a picture of your driver. So the, the security and the safety aspect of it. And then that, you know, it all, the fare includes a stop if you want it at a, at a, a Publix or, or one of the local stores, if you want to, if you forgot something on your trip or you want to buy water or whatever, it's, you know, they can pull in real quick. Starbucks. I mean, that, that, that's, you know, as a game changer too, when you're, you're, you've got a big group and you just want to get, you know, a case of the cereal uh, for the kids in the morning and some milk, uh, a lot easier mm -hmm. to do it, hit the ground and you don't have, you know, that, that transfer option anymore. Or a dill. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had a driver stop on our last trip at Starbucks for me, and he was a saint. <laughs> it's well worth the money. I mean, that's it's a non-negotiable thing for, for us when we travel because of that convenience and that knowing that you've got someone waiting for you as opposed to having to hope the app is going to work and that you're going to get a car that fits your party size. And is it going to be somebody that's going to have the radio cranked to 11 or... <laughs> or whatever so no yeah. no doubt and and i'm gonna hold the remainder of our listener questions for next week i promise we'll get to you i'm sorry if we didn't get to you tonight but we will we will make sure we get those questions answered i want to jump into this is my favorite segment and and sometimes we all agree and it's not controversial but it's still fun so we're going to talk overrated or underrated the only rule is you can't say that everything is underrated we're first one we're going to do overrated or underrated audience tim you're going to kick us off Animal Kingdom Lodge, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Yeah, it, it, it's underrated. And why do you think it's underrated? We love it. it. It's our favorite resort. You you started with our favorite resort. It is our absolute favorite resort. And we happen to think that the inconvenience of the, the one way to transfer there is 
is something that is overcome the moment you step into that beautiful lobby. Yeah, the charm of being isolated, or, or and you're not really isolated. I mean, it does feel that way because it is the furthest uh, transfer that you have from any of the resorts to the theme parks. But that remoteness and, and isolation <laughs> just really is welcome when you're on vacation. I mean, you want to unplug, and I think I think that's just the perfect place for it. Chip, what do you think? Well, since you did you didn't say Kidani or Jumbo, you said the Animal Kingdom Lodge. You put we're we're saying Jumbo. We're not going into the Kidani conversation okay. tonight. <laughs> then it's under then it's under underrated. It's got the best buffet at Boma. It's got the best, I think it's one of the best pools. Just just it's it's a beautiful resort. You walk in there and there's there's a giraffe, there's zebras. It's it's a it's a day. You could spend a whole day there just hanging out. The bar right there, right, right, right on uh, mid level between the lobby and and Boma is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's yeah. awesome. It's it, it's it is underrated. It's it's one of the best resorts, especially if you're doing just a staycation. Like if you're staying there and you don't go to a park, it's a, it's probably yeah. the best resort for that. Agreed. I'm going to say it's underrated mostly because we're excluding Kadani for the purpose of this conversation. Just because I <laughs> I have I. It's about Kidani that Kidani's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it's got some downsides that that Jumbo doesn't have. You know, Jumbo has all the food you need. It has the Mara, so that's you know a big difference that you don't have at Kidani. And if you have little kids, you need you need that cafeteria food at your resort for last minute snacks and stuff like that. So I, I agree. I think it's underrated, and, and mostly I think it's underrated because the price on the deluxe side tends to be lower than what I think it should be. I, I always feel like every, and I, I just quoted somebody, Audie, you were talking about late December. seems like there's like a, a, a Disney like rush to get in before the end of the year right now. But the, there always just seems to be where I'm scrolling through the pricing and Animal Kingdom Lodge sticks out as being underpriced to me. So to me, that illustrates that it's underrated. It may not be getting the respect that it deserves very similar to my feel about the people mover, but that's a different conversation too. So jumping into our restaurant, overrated or underrated, be our guest. Overrated. I'm going to need to agree, unfortunately. You can't plead the fifth, okay? You have to answer. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to figure out a way to say, yeah, no, it, it is. It's overrated. I mean, it, it's good. It's just not and, and and for those of you that are listening for the first time or whatever, are overrated or underrated, like we're Disney fans. Like we, we, we're not going to tell you not to go there because we absolutely think you should try Be Our Guest. That, that doesn't mean that we're saying it's a bad restaurant or anything like that. It's just in the context of, you know, how either the Disney community feels about it or in general, is it overrated or underrated? So that's our disclaimer is that we're, we're definitely staying, we're a positive <laughs> podcast, so we're staying on that side of things. Chip, what do you think? At its current state, it is overrated. Back when the lunch, they had the lunch and it was a quick service credit, it was the most underrated because it was just walking in there. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The food was pretty good, but now with the prefix menu, it's, it's I think it's overpriced. It's not really worth it, but... It, it is one of those maybe that one time if you're if you're a diehard Beauty and the Beast fan you need to do it, but for us it's overrated. I, I'm in the same same boat that it's it's overrated, but it's also something that if you're going for the first time 
to me, Cinderella's Royal Table or Be Our Guest should be a priority, especially if you, do- if you have a daughter. And that's not to say my son loves Beauty and the Beast and he loved it in there. But it, I think it's it can be special, you know, the the princess opportunities to, you know, be in the castle and stuff like that. And, and the theming in there is really, really great. But to me, it's lacking in the character engagement department, mm-hmm. which I think is a little frustrating. I think if you're paying that price point, the meal should be outstanding and it's good, but it's, it's not going to blow you away. It's not something where I would be like, if it were, you know, here in Chicago and I had that price for that meal, I probably wouldn't be edging to go back because it just doesn't knock your socks off. So to me, you need to have the makeup for that be in the engagement from the beast or having bell come in or whatever, I think would, would really go a long way in that front. But I do think everybody should try it, and it's definitely worth doing once for sure. So let's jump into our last one. This one's kind of fun. I, I Honestly, I'm not sure how I'm going to answer this one. Overrated or underrated Space Mountain? Overrated. Sorry. Oh, you, the, you're, you're good. I, I, I don't even ride it anymore. It's too jerky for me. It's, That's fair. It's yeah. under, underrated for me, especially at Disneyland. Because it's a completely different ride system than it is in Walt Disney World, but I, I love them both, and I I think, I mean, it's a roller coaster in the dark. I mean, you know, you just can't. You, how can you not love that? I mean, it's just like a, it's it's just a rite of passage. You know, when your kids yeah. get old enough and tall enough to to ride, that that's, you know, that's the benchmark that you're you're shooting for. Oh, I want to be, I want to ride Space Mountain, and so. I, I I view it as underrated. We have Tim. I'll, I'll ride it with you, Tim, when I see you. <laughs> we have a rule when we're together. If it's just the two of us, I'll ride anything once. And we have more pictures in our memory maker of us on Space Mountain. He's like, <laughs> and I'm going. Let's just get this over with. So yeah, you're on, Matt. Okay. There we go, Chip. What do you think? Overrated or underrated? So I would have said overrated until this summer. Being six foot six, I'm a large human being. I played offensive line in college. I rode it with my kids and I had a blast. I, I fit in. I had to sit in the back seat. I don't know if my butt touched the ground, but <laughs> or, but it, but it was fun. It's 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 a great ride. I think it's underrated. I think it's underrated just because it's so overlooked a lot of times, and also just the the outside aesthetic of it is is something that i think is not as appreciated as it should be it's a it's gorgeous and next to tron with the way that the lighting works at night it's a gorgeous area of the park and it's definitely something that is still nostalgic to i think anybody from our generation and up you know that grew up going to disney my my wife and i did a date night and an after hours event and i think it was the first thing that we rode and (laughs) You know, we had a blast together on it, and it's, it's not something. I mean, it is. It still looks futuristic, even though it was built in you know '77. Yeah, still, it's, it's, it's not built. that fast. No, it it's is. not. And if you ever see it with the lights on, you know, occasionally, if you're on the the people mover, that you'll go through and the lights will be on. And when you see the skeleton of the ride in the light, it's like, oh, well, that's not very cool. 
<laughs> well, and, and here's it's, the thing. It's really you, just a kiddie ride, but you turn off the lights and turn on the music, it gets a lot scarier. Yeah. You, you hear everybody talk. It's so underappreciated because everybody wants to talk about Jungle Cruise and Pirates and Haunted Mansion. And I'm like, Space Mountain is as fun, if not more fun, than those rides. <laughs> and you just don't you don't hear it talked about as, as often. So to me, it's not up there with the people mover in, in my disrespected rides category. I think the people mover is the ultimate ride that gets not enough love. But it's it's definitely underrated to me, and I'm glad we all are, are somewhat a, on the same page I, there. I will say it is the third of the mountains in Magic Kingdom. I, in my opinion, I think it's number three of the of the three mountains. Well, it can't be number three because it's still standing, and another one's not. Well, well, you know what? I mean. <laughs> only only two of those three have survived. So, but I I I can agree with that. I lo- I love Big Thunder, so that that's fair too. But that that's gonna wrap it up. Thanks so much, audience Tim, for joining us. We had a lot of fun with you guys tonight. If you have any questions or comments, don't hesitate to reach out to any of us on social media or via email. I can be found at at Adventures of a Disney Dad. Audience Tim, where can people find you? Go for it. We're on Facebook, and you can find us at what is it called? <laughs> I am not the social media girl. Tim and Audie. It's okay. Lally. Tim and Audie Lolly Land and Cruise Travel Planners. Okay, there you go. Tim and Audie Lolly and uh, tra- Travel Land and Cruise Travel Planners. I I think you you guys are on Instagram, right? Yes. yes. L- Lolly and- Travel. Yep. Lolly travel on Instagram. And yep. so, and you can find them over at the magic for less and I'll have links to their bios in the show notes where you can reach out to them. If you'd like to get a quote chip, where can everybody find you on Instagram at Robinson dad life. And then on Twitter at chip Robinson. I can't, it's like calling, <laughs> it it's is- like, it's like called Splash Mountain Tiana's. I can't do it. I'm just there. You go. And if you're interested in having me, Audie or Tim, assist you in planning your next Universal or Disney vacation, please feel free to reach out to us. All the links to get a free quote from any of us are going to be in the show notes. Our services are completely free to you, and we'd love to help you plan your next dream vacation, whether it be multi generational or solo travel. We love you all. Uh, if you have a moment and you could follow, subscribe, like, and review the podcast on whatever platform you prefer. To listen, we would greatly appreciate the support. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to the content you consume, and we hope this episode brightened your day a bit. And thank you for spending some time with us. So have a great week. See ya. See ya.